And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Friendly reminder, go to rbcarcompany.com. Check out their full inventory. Let them know that I sent you over there. Joining us on the line right now is the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. Attorney General, how are you doing today? Hey, Casey. Great to be back on with you. I appreciate it. Now, before we get into some of the stuff that's been going on, uh, my audience has, has conveyed some concerns about you. And it, 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 now? it, it appears <laughs> that the last time you were on my show, you tried to slip my fill-in host 100 bucks to take my job. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> he was good. I don't know, you know, I don't know his history or anything, but I liked him. Well, geez. <laughs> Man, I say all these nice things about Todd Rokita, and then all of a sudden I find out he's trying to snag my job. Well, from I, <laughs> no, that just means bigger and better for you, buddy. There you go. All right, so in all seriousness, though, let's let's get back, ma'am. You you were a part of a 15-state effort, right? Was, I think it ended up being 15 states. Uh, to right. reinstate the Remain in Mexico policy, which has undeniably been a success throughout the Trump years. And right. that battle has now happened, at least in the, the current stages. Let us know what happened. Well, I'll tell you, we were supportive of other states, uh, particularly Missouri and Texas, who actually had filed a lawsuit on the fact that the Biden administration in the early days, it might have been even the first day of the administration when he I believe it issued was. So, yeah. many, so many executive orders, uh, struck down the practice that President Trump had initiated and executed so well. And that was to say, look, um, you're not. Don't think you're coming into this country, especially illegally. You're going to stay in Mexico. We're going to figure out when once we catch you. We're going to figure out your status and your if whether or not you're a true refugee and whether or not you truly deserve asylum while you stay in your country. Uh, and that uh, absolutely worked well. Uh, eight months, the last eight months of the administration, um, border crossings were down of the Trump administration, right? And yep. since Biden has assumed office, we've seen an increase in migrant crossings every single month, and we're now at levels not seen since 2000. So clearly it was working. And what we did in Indiana, not being a border state, we certainly want to support uh, like-minded uh, policies and what like-minded attorneys general. So my friends, and they are friends of Missouri and Texas, those attorney generals, um, we joined in their suits in the sense that we supported at various levels uh, briefings, um, what we call MECAS briefs. Uh, and I led 15 states in supporting Texas and Missouri in their lawsuit. And, you know, we were kind of like the third leg to the bar stool in that sense. And, um, and then did it again at the Supreme Court level. And thankfully, the, support, the Supreme Court, um, you know, agreeing with Hoosier common sense, and nearly 20 other states said, no, uh, you can't just unilaterally stop the Remain in Mexico policy. So that's a good thing. Well, and we've even caught Biden officials, you know, privately on camera and hot mic moments saying, hey, look, we can't keep this up. We can't sustain this. And the situation at the border is obviously it's insane. It's out of control. I'm going to be in uh, Washington, D.C. at the end of September for the Hold Their Feet to the Fire Conference. And we're going to be talking with nice. a bunch of law enforcement officials that are down there and you know, I, I've done this every year, and the the data that they bring, along with the personal stories of people who have lost folks from from illegal immigrants, but also the human element in the trafficking problems that happen. Yes. And remain in Mexico is one of those things that helps cut down on all of that. 
And yes. again, it was effective, as you've pointed out, and clearly reversing that policy has not been effective. It didn't make any sense to change it. Right. And, you know, the good thing about a state like Indiana and us leading the effort to support uh, this lawsuit to try to rein in the, the, the lunacy of the Biden administration uh, on, the, on these border crossings and their, and, their, and, their, and their policy, which is no policy at all, uh, even when Indiana's not a border state, is to say, look, it's, and what we argued in the brief was clearly fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Clearly, uh, prostitution, clearly sex trafficking, clearly human trafficking comes to Indiana via that border being open, right? You don't have to be a border state to be injured. And so that's why the 15 states we led, you know, really weren't border states, but we're able to say this Biden policy, again, which is no policy at all, to not enforce the statute of remaining in Mexico for your asylum hearing or to see what your the adjudication of your status is going to be as an illegal immigrant, um, you know, makes makes sense and it hurts the entire country, not just border states. And so, you know, hopefully it's um, a bit of a milestone, a bit of a of a, a, um, a linchpin or a stake in the ground, at least for the Supreme Court to take a more reasonable approach in agreeing with um, common sense states like Indiana when it comes to border policy. And again, we're speaking with the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. One of the other things that we've had to deal with is in various states, governors in particular, um, sometimes in the past when you go with presidents, kind of ignoring Supreme Courts. Is there an issue maybe going forward that you can see Mm -hmm. as an attorney general that, that the Biden administration still tries to kill this policy and ignore the Supreme Court's decision here? Yeah. I mean, look what they did with the uh, end of the moratorium on um, on on rent that that goes unpaid. Right. That was supposed to end recently. And um, the Supreme Court said it was uh, illegal to continue it anyway. And the Biden administration just went and said, well, we're going to have moratorium. Now, the Washington Post headlines on that were hysterical. It's clearly illegal, but it's the right thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we are different from most nations in history and, and, and well, all nations in history, but and most nations today, because, you know, really for the first time in world history, we flipped the order on its head. Instead of being subject to a king or some kind of hierarchy, the people were in charge and the government worked for us. The government was subject to us, and the only thing we were subject to as individuals was the rule of law that is supposed to apply to each of us equally. And that's the magic of America. And and when a president just defies uh, a court order or the law and says, I'm going to do what I want to do, all of a sudden you're living in a banana republic. So it is, to answer your question finally, it is very concerning. There were, we're on a precipice here. And we need to hold this man accountable. And it's not just federal officials ignoring court rulings. Another case that you have going on right now and the intelligence community, and it's something I've covered for years, the Confucius Institute situation. Um, You are investigating Valpo because of the Confucius Institute there. And for those who don't know, Confucius Institute is a front for the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, The intelligence community in the United States has labeled it a national security threat. And what's happened is a lot of universities have now renamed it. It's still there, but they're renaming it. Uh, but tell us what's happening at Valpo and why you're investigating what's happening at Valpo. 
Right. So this, you know, although the site is Valparaiso and, and we're doing an honest investigation to see how complicit they are, this is really about holding the Chinese Communist Party accountable. I mean, that's what's going on here. And in fact, I promised the people of Indiana upon taking office that, you know, I would hold China accountable, not only uh, but in, in several ways. You know, here they are, um, either negligently or or on purpose, have unleashed a virus and its variants onto the world, causing trillions of dollars of economic damage and untold loss of human life. Uh, they steal unabashedly others' intellectual property. They have very egregious human rights abuses, like murder, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and now we have woke left corporation boards appeasing them. We have politicians and at least one party, the Democratic Party, appeasing them. And it's wrong. So, you know, I'm one attorney general in one state. I can't do everything and solve everything, but I can do something. And the something I ought to do, I can do. And, you know, by the grace of God, I will. And um, in this case, it's Confucius Institutes that operate on our college campuses. And there's one known one left in Indiana under the name Confucius Institute. So we open up an investigation. They say it's simply about learning Chinese dances and learning Mandarin and whatnot. That's been their cover and, story and, for decades, though. I mean, that's that's yeah. And 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 that's and, and by the way, it's not just at the university. Level. Then those then those institutes filter down into the K through twelve system, right. where we already have indoctrination. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm getting on, to that in a uh, second before I let you go. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and, and so now we're going to get some Chinese Communist Party indoctrination. So I'm op- I've opened up an investigation. They've given the Chinese Communist Party has given Valparaiso University over one million dollars that we know about, and we're going to see what's really behind this. And then to your other point, maybe if we get evidence from this investigation, we'll find out that other schools operate similar things just under other names. But that's a that's an interview for another day, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Chinese Communist Party did produce some critical race theory propaganda here recently, and they released it. Uh, we've been battling critical race theory here in Michiana, along with um, some mass mandates and that sort of thing. As the attorney general of the state, you know, do you have any advice for people in Indiana who might be battling critical race theory, maybe even mask mandates and, and that sort of stuff as, yeah. as this progresses? Well, please go to our website. It's um, www.in for Indiana in.gov, www.in.gov backslash attorney general. And on the front page, you should find a link to the parents' bill of rights. And, you know, they're not, it's not anything I invented. It's, it's, it's a publication that we produced that outlines what Indiana's rules and responsibilities are statutes and otherwise how you, what you can do at a, at a school board meeting. And, and, and it's at that meeting and those school board members where the parents and taxpayers and voters have hold the most accountability on those folks because they're the elected representatives to run the school system. So, you know, what you can do at those meetings, what you can't do, how to go get uh, your child's curriculum, how to communicate with uh, your individual school and the superintendent and the principal and the teachers, so on and so forth. Um, we're going to have additional installments. We're going to have installments on medical rights, on religious liberty in school, on school choice, on, on uh, I think I said medical rights. So um, 
more to come there. It's a very popular publication, and it's really empowered parents like you and I. I think I've said before, we we might go into a meeting, a public meeting of some sort, not really. Not, we do it every day. Yeah. Um, but there are some parents who I'm glad that they're awake and, and, re, and raising their children. Because that's what this is. We can't rely on government or schools to raise our children. That's our job as parents. But a lot of them may not have been to a public meeting before. And I didn't want them to feel intimidated. I want them to feel empowered and confident to stick up for their kids. And one of those follow-ups I would suggest, if I may, um, is that we have had a lot of schools here refusing to turn over that curriculum as parents have made the official request for that curriculum. We've had several local schools do that. So uh, maybe a follow-up oh, really? that, would, that would offer, yes, sir, uh, maybe some follow-up that would offer guidance on that would be very helpful to at least the people in my listening audience, if not people okay. that would be constituents of yours throughout the rest of the state. Oh, yeah. What basis do they argue that, that a parent can't see what the child's being taught? That's, that's that's the thing that, you know, obviously there's a case in Rhode Island where they're saying harassment of the teachers is is there, but that isn't happening here. What they're just basically, uh, the last thing that I saw was they were being instructed not to release the full curriculum to the parents, uh, and they didn't give an overarching reason. It was just that my boss told me not to do it, therefore I'm not going to do it. Okay. So, so it's, uh, that is all... Um, uh, obtainable under Indiana's Public Records Act. So the Parents' Bill of Rights talks about how to file what we call an APRA request, and it's not going to be very quick, And you know, but it is a way to start that process to get the curriculum and let school officials know you're serious. All right. And, and, and to your point, I'll take a note in writing it down now to, um, uh, in addition, in, in, in subsequent versions to maybe better articulate that or, or draw that out so we have more detail on I think that parents. would I think that would be helpful because we've got a lot of these parents groups and many of them are brand new and are just forming and and they're they're trying to figure out their way and how to properly do this because I know that a lot of times they don't fill out the forms right and then they get denied and that sort of thing so guidance on that will certainly help them go a long way okay all right well, attorney general Todd Rokita I appreciate the time man thank you so much for calling in yes hear right. you next time Thanks. Right. take care you got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. All right, I've had a lot of requests for this today. And so I'm going to repeat what I've already covered because everybody else is covering it for the first time. So I'm going to do it just because all of you are, are asking about it today. In May, there was a study published by the CDC on masks. And in that study, the CDC found that masking at schools doesn't work. Okay. Um, all of the studies that we have about masking in schools show that masking doesn't prevent the spread of COVID, that masking doesn't slow the spread of COVID, that masking is statistically insignificant in a school environment. The CDC's own research, which was published in May, says that very thing. Now, a lot of people are just hearing about this, and a lot of articles have just been written about this. We discussed this months ago, um, but it's one of the studies that we talk about on this show routinely. And yesterday when I said I would, uh, I believe the quote, Josh, was I would shove the statistics up your backside. Uh, this was one of those studies that I was talking about. If the CDC themselves, which is telling you to put a mask on your kid, as Elkar Community Schools just announced today, that will start on Monday, if the CDC's own research doesn't justify masking your kid, there's no sense in masking your kid because they're ignoring all of the other research that shows that it didn't work. Okay. Beyond that, beyond that, 
I want to talk about Hawaii. Casey, we don't care about Hawaii unless we can go on vacation there. Well, here's why you should care. Hawaii had some of the strictest COVID mandates of any state. Hawaii basically decided that they were going to go on full lockdown, full mask, everything, and they were going to get full vaccinations before they let anybody leave their house. They're an island, therefore they're already more safe than mainland continental areas are, but they decided they were going to go full 1984 Orwellian dystopian COVID lockdown. That's what they did. So you got masks everywhere. You've got over 54% of the population being fully vaccinated. You've got 73% of the population having at least one vaccination shot. They have been masking all over the place. Hawaii is an extremely blue state. Hawaii is having a surge in COVID cases. Like clockwork, just like everywhere else in the world who had mask mandates, including Japan, who had universal masking. It doesn't work. There is no data for it. If there was data for it, that would be lab data that doesn't materialize in the real world, which means the lab data would be completely useless. At the end of the day, nothing has changed for Hawaii. They did everything that they were supposed to do, and they went overboard, and they still have a surge in COVID cases in July. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So, uh, breaking news this afternoon. Representative Jackie Wilarski is calling for the resignation of Biden's national security team. U.S. Representative Jackie Wilarski, Republican of Indiana, released the following statement calling for the resignation of Biden's national security team under Biden's leadership. Thousands of Americans have been stranded behind enemy lines while the administration is inviting terrorists to call the shots and dictate the terms of the United States of withdrawal from Afghanistan. This entire disaster has been a national security nightmare and a global embarrassment. We must hold the individuals responsible for this botched withdrawal accountable for the danger and chaos that they have needlessly created in their haste to meet the Taliban's August 31st deadline. During this process, they have abandoned vulnerable Afghan allies as well as U.S. taxpayer-funded weapons and now are in the hands of brutal terrorists. Today I am calling for the immediate resignation of Biden's national security team, including the Secretary of State, Blinken. Uh, Blinken is an idiot. Have you ever heard this guy talk for like 60 seconds? That's all you need. Is really all you need. National Security Advisor Sullivan. Uh, Jake Sullivan is the guy that Hillary Clinton says broke the the document laws. And yet somehow he's working for Biden's team. Secretary of Defense Austin. Did you see Austin? Again, I have to go through this and just reiterate what we've seen. Did you see Austin get completely blindsided by a question from a reporter the other day and look like, uh, he had no idea what was going on in that country. No clue. And Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley. Um, yeah. Again, shouldn't be interested in soldiers wearing high heel shoes so they can understand what it's like to be a woman when they're in the military. The American people, and especially the courageous veterans of the war on terror, expect and deserve better. Could not agree more. Well said. Uh, Representative Wolarski hit that one out of the park. Look, I mean, this is, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. But I am interested. I kind of alluded to this earlier. You know, General Mattis 
in spite of my disagreements with him about Syria and my political disagreements with General Mattis, Mattis is at least a war fighter. And Mattis thought Biden was the better choice. I wonder what General Mattis thinks today. Because I'm willing to bet General Mattis is embarrassed that he supported Biden. Meanwhile, the greatest general of our time, General Petraeus, has been on a media blitz ripping this plan apart. As he should be. He's doing what he should be doing. But this is, um, I know that we talked about it all 4 o'clock hour, but the situation is one of the greatest examples of ineptness that I have ever seen, and that is saying a lot. I'm talking local, I'm talking state and national politics. Considering the time that I had in the military serving under Clinton, this is one of the worst things I have ever seen. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. I got an email here. And by the way, if you missed a portion of the show, you want to go back and watch it, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host, or if you want to watch the live streams in the future, hit that subscribe button. You'll get a little notification when I go live or I upload a video, and you can just click on it, and it'll take you right over to me. Uh, Casey, could you please let your listeners know that PHM will allow parents to opt their children out of the SEL lessons. They seem to have no intention of publicizing this info. Even my daughter's teacher seemed unaware of this until I requested it from her and the principal. Um, Yes, you can opt out of SEL, just like you could last year. You can opt out. SEL and CASEL are where they are sticking the CRT curriculum. So if you want to opt your child out of SEL, you do have that right. Uh, This goes back to what we're talking about with the Attorney General. Uh, You know, you go to the Attorney General's website. Again, that's in.gov slash Attorney General. And they've got the Parents' Bill of Rights right there on the the homepage. And you can download it. It's a PDF document. And, you know, Attorney General Todd Rokita was surprised at some of the stories that you all have been telling me and some of the emails that some of you groups have been sharing with, you know, faculty at your kid's school refusing to release curriculum. Because you have a right, and it is given to you by the state of Indiana, that you are allowed to have that curriculum. These school systems here in Michiana or anywhere else in the state are not allowed to withhold curriculum from you as a parent. You have that right. So go get the Parents' Bill of Rights right there on the Indiana government website, in.gov slash attorney general. And that's right there. You scroll down to the bottom of the page, be a little PDF with a big old graphic there for you to download. It's really easy to spot. They didn't hide it at all. Uh, Attorney General Rokita made sure it was front and center for all of you. But do that. You know, go over that. It has some advice. It has some guidance. It has some things that maybe maybe you weren't aware of that you would be able to do. And he's going to do follow-ups to that. I've already given him some suggestions of what some of those follow-ups could look like. For example, responding to school faculty who is refusing to release curriculum. And also... Um, submitting those those information requests those afro documents if you if you need guidance that's a great place to start and also you know join some of these these parental groups that have organized for your school district you know some of them are really really active obviously Penn gets a lot of attention 
Uh, the Mishawaka parents are, are well organized now. Um, they're doing great jobs and they're they're posting and these resources are being developed for you to be able to share your story so they can build, you know, a document list of what's been happening at their schools to their children and and that sort of thing. Because that's that's going to come in handy in the future, just in case things get really out of whack, even more so than they are right now. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Again, please hit that subscribe button. Doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, also go to the burning for the daily show. Perhaps sign up for my free newsletter. Here's Bill O'Reilly. Buy a 3D printer. We'll see you tomorrow.